When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Player Profiler Nation? I'm at a keyboard. Welcome to the latest episode of the Future Cast. I am joined by my co-host, the OG, Theo Greminger, and we brought back a familiar face. You know him, you love him from over at Roster Watch, the guy that brought the Future Cast to the heights that you know it is today, Cody Carpentier. Boys, how are we doing tonight? I'm so hyped to be here. We had such a good time with Cody last time. We had such positive feedback on that on that rookie draft. First of all, we drop a rookie draft, the three of us, and then everybody starts dropping rookie drafts. They had FOMO. They got jealous mm-hmm. of what we did, and it was fire. And I said, Cody, let's run it back tonight. Uh, you know, let's skip the super flex. Let's go traditional league, and we're gonna have a little bit of fun tonight, guys. But you guys are crushing it. Um, you know, let everybody know what you guys are doing with the hurdle, and. Uh, you know, you're putting out content multiple times a week. Getting it done. We're getting it done Tuesdays and Wednesdays. The hurdle over in the executives of Fantasy Football YouTube channel, 7 p.m. Eastern time, both nights. And then uh, we've been hitting these Sunday night watch-alongs. Every Sunday night, we cover the the first half and then eh, a little bit into that third quarter of that Sunday night game before we uh, go back and sit down and watch the rest of the games with our wives. We hang out with the crew in the chat for a good two, two and a half hours. Uh, we've been doing that. That's all. And then, and then all of our other content, you can find patreon.com forward slash executives. But yeah, we just been, uh, we've been like everybody else in this entire damn space, just grinding out the season as the fantasy playoffs are here. So uh, we appreciate everybody. No, for sure. For sure. You guys, you guys are absolutely crushing it. And Cody, this is kind of like your time of the year. Uh, I know you and Maddie are hitting like the NFL draft content uh, big time. And you know, what you guys are doing together is awesome. And Maddie, a big, like, hat tip like the game plan you've been crushing it all year but we have a really cool exciting announcement uh for a new venture that maddie is starting on his own right here at player profiler a show that like we've been talking about doing for a while and i'm really really excited about it um maddie why don't you let everybody know about blue chips and what you got planned going on with that i I think it's going to be a really big show for us and i think a lot of people are going to going to benefit from from following you and hearing your takes on a lot of things with Blue Chips related. Blue Chips is a show. It's kind of, I don't want to call it a deeper dive into the prospect game because the future cast, we're going to do a lot of that here. Uh, but basically, Blue Chips is a, a bit of Devi. It's a bit of Dynasty. A whole lot of college football talk. Talking about players, whether it be position groups, individual players, diving into uh, mock drafts for the NFL, uh, I'll also be talking about players that aren't necessarily fantasy relevant. It's really just exactly what the title Blue Chips stands for. We're talking about the Blue Chippers, the Blue Chip Prospects. You know, Cody last year, he, we were lucky enough to have him at Player Profiler, uh, and, and he handled basically all of the college football, the scouting stuff, the, that, that expertise. And part of the reason why we got together and linked up for the executives was, uh, you know, he brings this expertise, this knowledge of football that – I just really wanted to learn more about, and then we've been crushing it all throughout. And blue chips is almost like a, a, a 
a product of Cody taking me under his wings, teaching me how his process is, me learning my own process at that when it comes to prospect evaluation, football evaluation, uh, really just taking that next step. And Blue Chips, uh, I'm very excited to get it cracking. Um, it's going to be starting here towards the end of the year, whether it be a little bit before Christmas, a little bit after. We're kind of hashing out those details. We'll be on the lookout for Blue Chips. Very, very excited to take kind of, um, you know, just the things that I have been really kind of getting excited about, learning about all that good stuff and bringing it to the player profile of Nation. Yeah, I, I love what you're talking about. We're Devi, college, dynasty. I think you can wear many hats in your evaluation process, Maddie. And I think the way that you see the game kind of all coming together, like the stars of Saturday, talking about them before they play on Sunday, uh, being able to like get deep into it. And I think when you're like a, a fantasy football guy like myself, and I, I, I love college football, but I'm really excited to kind of hear your thoughts on you know some of these prospects and some of these bowl games. It just makes it a lot more exciting. Um, I'm so excited about what you're cooking up over there. I think the show is going to be absolute fire. We're going to do a bunch of announcements about it. Uh, look for those on on uh, Player Profiler Twitter, and then look for yeah, Maddie, the Blue Chips, uh, Blue Chips shows dropping. You know, maybe you're going to give us a little Christmas present, Maddie Kiwum. <laughs> you know, I got the belly, I got the beard. Maybe I could play the role of Santa Claus, drop a little <laughs> present for for everybody here. Uh, Blue Chip episode. I guess the present could be Cole. Could be a present, could be something fun. It depends on if you're on the naughty or nice list. But uh, yeah, very, very excited for that. I'm also excited, boys, to do a one QB mock draft. Um, the Superflex mocks, I'm not going to say that they're easy, but I'm going to say this They're year, easier. They're easier. A lot easier because we are deprived of running backs uh, coming into this draft. And we all know rookie mocks, I mean, rookie draft are built on the value of running backs. That's the historically been the blue chip, the thing that we all want. So we are going to dive into that. I do have a couple of questions that I want to ask before we do the mock. But before we get into any of that, let's hear about Battle. Oh, I see it every day online, every single day. Hey, that looks like a great fantasy team in an eight-team league. Oh, I wish I could be in a league with you, right? Well, guess what? Now you can respond with, sure, let's play on Battle. That's the beauty of this platform. This new battle platform standardizes all position scoring. So you just load your team and you challenge your friend, your colleague, Twitter troll, and you can browse other teams and issue challenges. Battle is revolutionizing fantasy football. And with code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match plus a free $10. So even if you deposit 20, you get 50. Think about that. So go to Betel.com, the code is Underworld. Betel.com, the code is Underworld, or click a link in the description. It's fun to be right. I had one question for you guys. Uh, you know, we're doing a non-Superflex uh, rookie draft, a traditional rookie draft. And I think that one thing that gives a lot of fantasy managers uh, problems is when you would select a highly drafted quarterback, like I think this year, a guy like Anthony Richardson had a huge variance. When you talk about like FFPC dynasty leagues, like I play in uh, for the non superflex leagues, you might see Anthony Richardson. He might've gone off the board at like seven overall. And then there were some leagues where he would fall to like the two Oh seven. So some people really don't value that QB that those elite QBs, in a sing in a single quarterback format, Cody. I'm just curious, kind of the way that you look at it. If you get a a, a mobile quarterback, 
with incredible draft capital, maybe you like the landing spot. How do you value those kind of guys? Because we all want that quarterback edge uh, with our fantasy teams, uh, especially in Dynasty. But it seems like sometimes we don't value those guys enough in, in single QB. I I think they're very hard to trust. First off, I think uh, when you find a guy like this year, especially with Jaden Daniels coming out, just won the Heisman Trophy. But you look at him and he's six four, six three and a half, and he looks like he's about two hundred eight. Right, he looks very very slender for his size, and that's that's a hard guy to trust. Uh, and, and kind of to conceptualize having that guy lead your fantasy team and trusting him after what we've seen from all of the the running type of quarterbacks. Now, again, we love them because they give you hyper upside if they can continue this into the NFL, similar to what we saw with Lamar Jackson. But what also has Lamar Jackson given us? Very hot starts to the season, and he's been injured a multitude of times, which is very tough to deal with. And as well as you can go back to Cam Newton uh, and, and and RG three and all these other rushing quarterbacks. I think in in one QB, that's the ultimate of what you want. It's like Superflex to me in my head, I instantly go to the pocket passers. Right, who are you going to get value on? You can get value on the Kirk Cousinses of the world, the Matthew Staffords of the world over the last couple of seasons, Dak Prescotts, guys like this that aren't the most mobile, but. Yeah, they'll get you a first down every here and then, here and there. That's super flex. But in that one QB, like you mentioned, it's these dudes. It's it's these guys that are going to be running the football that you can get a complete edge on um, because you know that it exposes an upside where you can break through that floor of 18 to 22 points and burst into that 26-point area, 28-point area, and even 30 in any given week. So I do think it's it's – I think this format, uh, especially this one QB rookie draft, without giving away too much strategy – going into this thing. Um, I think Daniels is a guy that can, can, can close the gap again. Like if you look over the course of the last month, I like, I, I'll even say like two weeks ago, I dropped my mock draft 2.0 at rosterwatch.com. And they always say the, 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 um, as soon as you post your mock draft, it's already outdated. Right. And it's pretty much what it was. I had him 43rd overall in that mock. And again, that's not my, that's not my mock. That is, you know, the way I mock draft in the off season before the before the draft season starts, kind of in February, is I I go based off everything that I'm reading, everything that I'm finding, everything that I'm seeing, and, and as soon as that comes through, again, I drop that mock. I have him 43rd overall. Boom, skyrocket, and all of a sudden you start hearing him top 10, top 15, and and I've been having that conversation with Maddie for the last couple of months, uh, and, and he's been saying, you know, I, I really think he's going to be up there. Maddie Maddie got ahead of that one with Jaden Daniels, but the the point I'm making here is that. Um, you will continue to see that even in these drafts, right? In the NFL draft, he, he's catching up, but in these rookie drafts, he's going to be right on these dudes' tails, right on May and right on Williams' tails in one QB because of that rushing upside. No, I, I love it. And then on the flip side, Maddie, last time we drafted together, Cody took Drake May at the 101. So we get a guy like Drake May who doesn't have the rushing upside, but could be the kind of guy that is a 10-year starter for a for a, for a team big arm how are you valuing those kind of guys in a single QB draft like not a spoiler alert no table talk guys uh but <laughs> like it's always like those kind of guys you know they don't have the rushing upside it always seems like a replaceable kind of I don't want to call them replaceable talents but it's sort of like that like I can find a Sam Howell on a waiver wire and maybe he he outproduces him Maddie how would you value a guy like that um, cause I think a lot of different managers will give different answers and Cody, I'll say this, like CJ Stroud fell to a point last year where a lot of people stole him in single QB leagues, uh, because again, he didn't present that rushing upside. Matty, are you a little more open to drafting a Drake may in this sort of format or are you kind of waiting on that? Uh, so there's a lot of holiday parties coming up, right? And everyone had knows 
that one person in the office that has rank breath. It's disgusting. And in one QB rookie drafts, these quarterbacks are exactly like that guy. I ain't going near him. Ain't drafting him. Because at this point, I want to gobble up all the other players, and then I can sort out quarterback later. It's so shallow of a format in terms of that singular position in one QB that I just I, I don't draft them. I just don't. Their value tanks almost immediately, even if they're taken in the first round. Uh, because you could have had a Brock Purdy late. Brock Purdy throws four touchdowns week one. Uh, let's call it Caleb Williams has a rough week one game. He's already potentially can be had in Dynasty in one QB. So I don't draft them. I stay away from them. But what I do love these rookie quarterbacks is in my redraft leagues. I always come away with rookie QBs if they're to get that round one draft capital. They have those offenses because you just wait till the end and you can get an Anthony Richardson. You could get a CJ Stroud. You can get these guys super, super late. So it's this weird dichotomy where in rookie drafts, I don't play quarterbacks in one QB. But in redraft, when I'm putting my whole team together, I always love taking rookie quarterbacks because you can kind of turn them and burn them. And you can, some, you, a lot of times, one guy hits this year is CJ Stroud. And up until last week, he was carrying all of my redraft leagues. A holiday party drink, curious eggnog. It's polarizing. Which way are you on eggnog, Cody? Will you will you mess around with some eggnog <laughs> in the in the holiday season, or or are you uh, anti eggnog? I will not generally mess with it. It's a couple of couple of candid selections of which I will. That's the Southern Comfort eggnog. You put a little Southern Fire. Comfort in there, and get the mixture. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll dabble. I'll dabble. The other one, we went to a – they closed the block down uh, downtown, I think it was last weekend, a weekend before, I don't remember. And we went down there, we had some soup. We went outside and they had an ice cream truck set up. It was a custard truck. And they had eggnog custard, right? And, yeah, and I put some some crushed some crushed um, Reese's Pieces on it. Sun gone. Tell you what, eggnog custard <laughs> slaps diddly. I'll tell you that right now. I'm going to give you guys an underrated, uh, if you get a chance to drink it, a New York area drink, Coquito. This is a Puerto Rican drink. It's a it's like a coconut milk and rum thing, kind of like an eggnog, It like in theory. But everybody in New York knows a Coquito person. Like you'll get like a text message around Christmas time. Hey, are you looking to buy a couple bottles of uh, of Coquito? And uh, shout out to shout out to that one. Matty Kiwum, do you have a... A go-to sounds holiday a little, beverage. Uh, no, that listen, sounds a little. Listen, listen my he's man. Got that slide by he's going to act like that doesn't sound like a little <laughs> have, something. I know, have you I ever? Know. Hold on a second. Hold on. Time out. Cody, you've never, <laughs> had a pina, you've never had a pina colada in your lifetime? You're going to tell me a pina colada is not delicious? Coquita? No. Oh, dude. I, I'm just telling you what it sounds like. I'm not telling you okay. what it sounds like. Well, guys, guys it sounds listen, listen. Shout out to my people from New York. You guys you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Matty Kewum, do you have a holiday beverage you go with? No, I don't have anything in particular. I do like eggnog without the booze if I need to have it. I actually uh, was watching The Grinch. My kids love The Grinch. We were watching the, the the live action version with Jim Carrey. They love that. Uh, and there's that scene where they're pumping him with eggnog. And, and they were like, look at his belly. His belly's getting all big. I was like, girls, you want to try some eggnog this year? It's really good. They were like, no. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see if we can get them on the on train. They probably won't like it at all. But it'll be worth a shot. It'll be funny at the very least. But my drink of choice is whatever booze around. Me and my wife are tequila people. If there's a tequila bottle around, we'll rip shots. It's you know it can get crazy. Rum, what? Vodka, (laughs) what? What? Beer, what? 
All right, boys, let's keep this train moving around. Okay, let's not talk about too much booze and uh, here in the holidays. But we got a rookie mock, one QB. Before we dive into that, though, I need to ask this question because if I don't, I will not sleep tonight. I'll, or I'll have to call you guys in the middle of the night to get your, your thoughts here. Uh, we talked about it pre-show before the camera was rolling. How much credence, value, how much meat are we giving these rumors starting to swirl, Cody? That Marvin Harrison might go back, and Mekic Buka might go back to school. These kids are not declaring. Are, are the NIL deals going to make four-year college players the most common practice? It's definitely getting weird, ain't it? It's a, uh, it's a weird thing. <clears throat> the Buka thing makes sense because he didn't have the season he wanted. Marvin Harrison wins the Bolitnikov. I'm not sure he maybe deserved it, but hey, I'm not here to say he didn't. Um, best receiver hands down in football, but maybe he didn't have the best season at the receiver position. He, he talked about coming back because he wanted to beat Michigan. The The thing that leaves me kind of open-ended is no quarterback. Um, the thing is also maybe if he comes back, maybe Henderson comes back with him, and then they just run it completely back with Ibuka, him, and Henderson. But it still leaves the quarterback position up up for grabs. And, and you know, before the show, we talked about a couple of different situations at quarterback. You know, are, you know, are they going to make a slam dunk higher? A couple guys just entered the portal. Malik Murphy, uh, you know, DJ Youngalele's out there. Is Cam Ward hot enough for him? I don't know. I, that whole situation is goofy to me. But um, I do think the one thing people always go to is injuries. He goes there, he tears his ACL. Yes, like Theo alluded to, if he has an insurance policy. That thing happens. Everybody talks about that every single year. But I think the one thing people are missing with the Malik, uh, with the Marvin Harrison thing is that he's got the name. He like Jamar Chase. Remember Jamar Chase didn't play anything for he only played one game maybe or half. I don't remember. I don't remember he played the whole year, whatever. Uh, but then he got drafted top ten, right? Marvin has the name equity in that. So even if he doesn't play or he tears ACL, whatever, he's still going to go top ten because they still know what he is uh, as a guarantee. So that's the one thing I do think falls into his direction is you know what if he does get a 15 20 million dollar nil he does go back but this ohio state thing's definitely goofy just given the landscape of the people that have entered the transfer portal quarterback and um kind of the lackluster seasons for henderson and Igbuka. it just leaves the door open for a lot of minutiae in ohio state if marvin harrison goes back to school i'm I'm out i'm taking we're done we're screwed well 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 that that actually brings me to the question i was going to ask you the uh, before I ask it, I just have to say the one that just to kind of put a pin on what Cody's saying that makes this situation all like ultra interesting. Marvin Harrison is a kid who grew up with money. Money yeah. might is not something he is starved after, but yeah. you know what he is starved after? Beating that ass of the U of M, beating Michigan, mm-hmm. and that's this weird equation where like, you know, his dad's giving him the he has the best you know, corner in out of all these kids. His dad is a, is a hall of fame wide receiver played with some of the best quarterback or or was alongside one of the best quarterbacks of all time. So he's getting great advice. So I, that was just a different part of the coin that I'm thinking to myself, Ooh, he could go into the league because he doesn't, he has nothing really left to prove, but there's still that big uh, defeating Michigan monkey on his back. But the other question I'm going to post to you is Caleb Williams is him and Haran. Marvin Harrison Jr. is him and Haran. They might go back. They might go in, whatever, whatever. If one of these guys goes back, Caleb in Superflex, Marvin Harrison in 1QB, does everyone who stockpiled 2024 picks get what I call Porksville? 
Do they get the one-way ticket to Porksville? I mean, yeah, it would definitely devalue some things. I mean, even even like, I mean, to say the least, I mean, it would be it would be catastrophic for Marvin Harrison. I mean, I'm on the I'm on that like Malik Neighbors is special tip. So I think people would have just and kind of have like, hey, I lost out on him, but maybe Malik Neighbors is going to be a multiple Pro Bowl wide receiver and still a big you know mover of changing my dynasty outlook. But I I don't buy I just don't buy it. But I will say this like. The guys like like Egbuka, like that's the kind of guy that we were banking on being able to take at the you know the back half of the first round, like the one oh seven to the one ten in this sort of a draft. So like those kind of guys going back to school, that also devalues things, Maddie, because mm-hmm. it if anytime guys go back, it pushes things up. Last time we drafted together, like Travion Henderson, like guys, are we drafting Travion Henderson tonight? Is he gonna be off the board? Or or is he is he on the table? Um, that these kind of things just kind of go through my head. It's true. I I, I would vote. I would vote for Ibuka to be off the board tonight. I would. Say okay, that. so let's leave them yeah. both off the board. Uh, both, you know. Well, okay. is Travion Henderson? I mean, Travion Henderson is probably more likely to go back to school than than Ibuka. What do you think, Cody? I just think because he's a running back, he can't. You like in this class is so so drained like i just don't know that i get it i 100 get it as him but um i think if uh, i hate even thinking let's leave them let's leave them both on the board and then we'll put a little asterisk anybody listening on the board both we we, listen they both those guys we like them but they're off the board for for this uh for this process so the the little bit behind the scenes here i did not put travion henderson in our player pool because I thought it was a, I thought it was a home run. I thought for sure he was staying. I thought it was like an official, official thing. But if it's not official, I'm going to add him because you know you got you got to be consistent across the board here, right? Like if I'm going to have Ibuka, we're going to draft Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. Travion. If it's not official, official, like a referee with a whistle, I'll put him in. But enough talking. Are you boys ready to uh, get the drafted? Yeah, let's let's rock and roll. Let's I'm I'm it. at the I'm at the 101 here. And I'm going to going to shock no one. I'm going to take Marvin Harrison. I think this is a generational talent at wide receiver. I think this is a guy who's not only going to be the 101 in rookie drafts, but I think if he lands correctly, this is the kind of guy that's going to go at like the 2-3 turn in redraft. I think the steam is going to be incredible for Marvin Harrison. And he's also had the benefit of fantasy managers seeing that these rookies can come in and average 17, 18, points per game as rookies and I think he's got that uh capabilities I love his tape I also love the athleticism we talked about Bruce Feldman's freak list he's right up there I think that you know we talk about wide receivers don't test in the bench anymore he's going to be off the charts in the bench uh the 40 time everything he checks all the boxes this is like getting a Jamar Chase on your dynasty team I mean, it's a no-brainer he's going to be the 101 and probably even some super flex drafts um yeah But everyone's tuning in real quick. If you look at the board, you're seeing some colors. Uh, Typically, when you see a draft board, you associate the colors with the positions. But in this case, the colors represent their status. So in white, they're undecided. We don't know anything either way. Uh, Green are the players who are underclassmen who have officially declared. And anyone in that peach color, that orange color that's been made famous by the Reese's Senior Bowl in uh, Mobile, Alabama, I mean, uh, 
in a couple weeks of the Senior Bowl. These are the kids that have already accepted their invites, so they are going to the Senior Bowl. Uh, but I'm up now with the 102, and here's where, in my opinion, these all uh, these kids, the kids you're seeing on the board, all of them getting to the draft, make such a difference of who I'm taking at the 102. Uh, mm-hmm. In this in this exercise, I am going to take the other, I think, complete, no doubt, superstar Brock Bowers at the 102, solidifying my tight end position, getting that unicorn. Bowers, we've talked so highly about this kid every time that we get together, right, Theo? Every time yeah. that we get together, we've talked prospects, Cody. This kid's it's a no-brainer. It's getting to the point you don't even talk about it anymore because you already know what he is. He's he's a stud. He's he's a kid that can, you know, he has great yard after catch, which is what we like to see out of our tight ends. The Yak Monster of last year's class, which is a surprisingly incredible class, was Sam Laporta, and we're seeing that translate in the NFL. Brock Bowers is going to get that top 10, top 12 draft capital in the NFL draft. So I'm going to take him here at the 102. But the reason why the importance of who goes to the draft uh, is here when it comes to the 102 for me, if Egbuka doesn't go to school, Marvin Harrison doesn't come out of school, all of a sudden, these receivers that I think I'm going to get in the second round with my second rounder picks evaporate. They're gone. They're first rounders. And that makes me want to take Malik Neighbors at the 102. But um, in this draft, for this sake, with this exercise, uh, I'm going to go optimistic. I'm going to go Brock Bauer. So, Cody, you're up with the 103. I like that. I don't love it though. So I think you're I think you're making a colossal mistake here passing on these receivers because you're gonna get locked right out of them. Uh if we're if we're taking teams like this, right? If we're building teams uh and we get all these picks on our team, I think you're gonna make a mistake taking Brock Bowers right there. But I'm gonna go after the wide receiver position. You just brought him up. Malik neighbors. I think it's close between him and another receiver that everybody knows about. Uh and, and you can just see what neighbors has done at LSU. He he was looked at back in 2021 as a potential star, and he's lived up to the hype. I'll producing the likes of Justin Jefferson uh, over the course of his last two years at LSU. And I just think continuing in the NFL at a projected you know, 195 pounds in that area, six foot one, he's literally a doppelganger of what Jefferson brings to the table. I think coupled in with a couple of the, 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 the intangibles that Jamar Chase brings to the table. And again, you don't just become a Heisman without having weapons. And there's a lot of weapons at LSU, and this is the best one that we've seen. And again, you just can pull up the game log for a guy like Malik Neighbors. And if you just want to, if you just want to box score, box score scout you can just look at malik neighbors and go hmm, pretty damn good alabama 171 and a touchdown uh other big game florida state he has a decent game texas a&m two touchdowns like he, he just does this on a consistent basis and i think it's going to continually work into the nfl when you look at where he can play on the field he split his reps between uh slot and out wide like he can play everywhere he can do everything and i think malik malik neighbors is Obviously not on Marvin Harrison's level as far as the stardom goes, but I think he's very closely behind him. Malik Neighbors is uh he's nasty. The only follow-up question I'm gonna ask you, Cody, had I gone Malik Neighbors with the 102, are you still sticking to the wide receiver position at the 103? Correct. Correct. Okay. So Brock Bowers would have fallen to Theo here at the 104 had I not taken up the 102, which makes it all that more interesting while you're up here, Theo, at the 104. Yeah, so I think that this my my pick kind of speaks to the to the power of this class and and the strength of the wide receiver position. Um, I'm going to go with Roma Dunze. I think that this is like a no brainer pick here. I like a number of the wide receivers behind him as well, but I think when you look at the history he has, uh, his track background, his mega production, and the fact that Washington would not be in the college football playoff playoffs without him, 
Um, you know, he shredded Oregon. So I got like, you know, a little bit of recency bias on this, but I, I think he's going to be drafted very highly. I'm very interested to see where both of you guys have him projected in the NFL draft. But when I watch him play, I'm like, this is a no brainer. And I think people would be more excited about him if there was no Marvin Harrison uh, and no Malik neighbors. Like I think in certain NFL drafts, he'd be drafted, you know, closer to like the wide receiver one uh, overall territory. Um, you know, then he is here where he's the 103 at the wide receiver spot. So I, I'm like in in leagues where I have a chance to get him at the 104, I'd be really, really excited about him. I think he's a difference maker for Dynasty. Absolutely. Can't really argue anything there. I am up here with the 105. And for me, uh, this is a decision that's made between who I personally uh, rank higher or who I think is going to get better draft capital. And I am going to si- decide with my process. And I am going to go with Emeka Egbuka at the 105. When I watch him play, I can't help but see shades of DJ Moore, the way he could be used on an NFL roster. Um, and I do think that if he does come out, um, it will benefit him in fantasy because I don't think we're going to see him flirt with that top 15 as we had probably thought a few months ago. I think he goes towards the back end of the first round, which means he goes to a better offense. The Chiefs will be in play at when their pick gets comes up. There will be some high-powered offenses that he could be uh, added to. And what I really just like about his game is how versatile it is and how he can perform with other superstars. He had 1,100 receiving yards with, you know, I know Jackson Smith was hurt last year, but you know, Marvin Harrison was there last year. Jackson Smith was on Ohio State last year, and he was still able to shine. So I love his skill set. I think it's going to translate perfectly to the NFL level. I just hope he just does not go back to OSU. So I'm going at Buka here. Stick with my process. Cody, you're up with the 106. I got a question for both of you guys here then really quickly because in my mock draft 2.0, I put these receivers. You guys, have we've selected four of the five receivers that I had going off uh, the first five guys. One of them still on the board available. Um, but a couple of these landing spots here. I had Roma Dunze to the Bears. I had Malik Neighbors to the Rams at 14 to join Puka Nakua uh, for the next 10 years. And then I had Emeka Egbuka, Houston Texans with C.J. Stroud, pick 24 overall. Does Egbuka to Houston with C.J. Stroud, get him any closer or into the Adunze, into the neighbor's conversation for you if he declares for this draft, attaching him to Stroud? No, for me, of the things you just said, if you tell me that it's a Sean McVay getting Malik neighbors, that's it, Cody. I'm trading for all the 102s because we've seen wide receivers uh, with lesser talent than him excel uh, and I think that when excel under McVay, so I think if you give McVay an elite talent like neighbors, I think you're talking about potential to be, you know, a top five wide receiver for multiple seasons in his career. I would love that landing spot. And that's yeah. a verse of the quarterback, you know, of the future there, which we don't know. I'll take, I'll, t- I'll bet on a McVay and neighbors together. I would love that. What about a Dunze though? Like what, if you put a Dunze in the bears, that's that's the question is does a Mecca get up to that? Does a Mecca get there? Because it's just like it's the Bears on paper. And w- I mean, obviously, with that being said, they would they're gonna be trading out of the 101 pick, so they would still be sticking with fields. Does that scare you off Dunze at all and lean you more towards a Mecca with that connection? Yeah, I think it would be closer. I really I think mm-hmm. it would be. I think you'd have to look at the landing spot there a little bit because I think that DJ Moore has shown such a connection uh with Justin Fields this year that I don't think that would disappear. So you'd be talking about, and maybe we get hope for like consolidation of targets. 
um, but we just won't have the sheer volume there to support two big time wide receivers. I would still want to get my hands on like a lot yeah. of a lot of a, a Dunze, but it would not be. I wouldn't be quite as excited as if he landed mm-hmm. in a place where he had a more of a path to a clear number one role. I like that. People who roster Tank Dell in Dynasty, that would be your nightmare uh, because you would get a guy who has uh, a relationship with CJ Stroud. So the relationship that he's built with Tank over this season goes out the window. And I think that what you're looking at between the two, obviously Tank Dell's shiftier given his size. But Ekbuka is every bit of a route runner, I think, as Tank Dell has shown coming out. And I think Ekbuka could be uh, a, a number one, a clear-cut number one on that offense uh, if they decide to move on from Nico Collins a year from now. So that would all kind of hinge together. But, yeah, getting C.J. Stroud with his former college teammate would be freaking huge for him. All right, with the 106, uh, multiple times we've, we, we've talked about on this show uh, or in other shows, Braylon Allen and what he brings to the table is a combination of, a, of a A.J. Dillon. Uh, he's in Jonathan Taylor's old spot with Derrick Henry. He's a mixture of all these cats. He's yet to turn 20 years old. He turns 20 January 20th, so he'll be well into the pre-draft process, turn 20 years old. This, for me, is the only running back that we're projecting to come out in this draft. Again, Trayvon Henderson's another guy that we're projecting to come out, but uh, I don't know. Braylon Allen's the only one I'm spending a first-round pick on this year at this current state. Right now, today, Braylon Allen's the only one I want to spend a first-round pick on in rookie drafts because, again, he's 19.9, going to turn 20 here in a month, and he's shown you consistently over the course of the last three years what he can do at Wisconsin. He carries his 240 pounds very good. He's going to run south of a 4.65, and at 240 pounds south of a 4.65 is plenty. It doesn't have to be a, it doesn't have to be a 4.44, but, you know, I'll take it. If he wants to give me a 4.52, we'll take it. Um, but he showed us consistently what he can be, and he closed out his career against Minnesota, who has been a good rush defense. 26 carries, 165, two tugs. He's went north of 1,100 total yards each of the last three years at Wisconsin. His first two years, including his freshman season, over 1,300. He's young, lots of tread on the tires, and I think that the you know what he brings to you in Dynasty is at least a six-year, seven-year opportunity or window where you're going to consistently see Braylon Allen get opportunities. Similar to Derrick Henry, we're still betting on Derrick Henry here um, late in his career as a Dynasty asset to win you championships. Braylon Allen has every capability to do that same thing. I want to just talk about this real quick because if you've people have tuned into both of our mocks, what you'll notice and what might confuse you is in our first, which was a super flex mock, we didn't have a, a running back come off the board till I think it was the 112, 111. It was the very end of the first round. And you might be saying, why would a running back go at the 106 in one QB, but at the end of the first with quarterbacks? The answer is, given this running back landscape, the, the draft council gave Braylon Allen advice that he believed was worth entering, declaring immediately. So I think that without Travion Henderson in this class, it is a one running back difference maker in this class, and I think that does elevate his value to this spot because I was debating between uh, Braylon Allen, Egbuka, and another receiver that I won't talk about because he's still on the board. But, yeah, I think that's kind of <coughs> weird. Cowboys. This, <laughs> Cowboys in round two makes all the sense in the world. Uh, it's going to be mocked there. I think a lot of people are going to mock it because it's going to be uh, – that would be oh shit! That would be sexy if he if that does happen, Theo. If that does happen, Braylon Allen, second round, only running back taken in the first three rounds, we'll call it. Where does he go in your mock? He he would go if he landed in the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I, Cowboys I would take in the him, second round. I would I would take him probably at the one hundred four. 
like maybe the 105. I think that it would be even I, higher. And yeah, I'll say yeah. this. I think it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, this is a perfect fit for them. They they tried to get Derrick Henry during the season. That trade fell apart. This is this is a back that if he ends up in Baltimore, this is like a, a perfect compliment to Mitchell. Uh makes him like, you know, this that would be an incredible running back by committee. He would fall right into a like a, a Gus Edwards on all kinds of steroids, you know, like <laughs> like not even just the, good you know, what, the real the real stuff, like the Barry Bond <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> The all on bond stuff, yeah. I love it. The cream yeah. and the clear. 107, you're up, man. So this is a difficult one for me, and I think that this is a, a player that I think certain uh, certain analysts seem to be souring on a little bit, which I, I don't really quite know why, but it's I'm going to stick with my guy, Keon Coleman. Keon Coleman is 6'4", 215. There's a couple other of uh, receivers in this class that I really, really like, and one that's got similar height but a lot lighter. Um, to me, Coleman, some NFL team is going to fall in love with this profile. He's only 20 years old. He's an alpha. He's, uh, he's an outside wide receiver. And we saw him show up in big games. I think it's unfortunate how Florida State's season ended. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, a little bit of foam, a little bit of uh, what have you done for me lately with Coleman. But we saw it at the beginning of the season. And I think that he's going to end up with the draft capital. And I like his potential a lot. I'm sticking with him. Uh, curious what you guys are seeing with him because there's a couple wide receivers behind him. Would this be a guy that you would have considered here at the 107, fellas? You'd have to consider him. I do like receivers on the board more than him. It's the the in today's NFL, it's the profile that makes me so nervous. Uh, he doesn't pop in yards per out run. Um, there's it's really just like a, a mass grouping at the top of a number of metrics with all of the big dog receivers that we're talking about, and he's kind of the guy that's not in that group. Uh, but th- he's big, he's mean, and he's probably going to get round one draft capital. And one landing spot that I think Cody and I talked about on one of our episodes of The Hurdle recently was the sexiest landing spot is he is the T. Higgins replacement and the Bengals take him with the 15th, 16th overall pick. And at that point, it goes his stock goes right back up. Bingo. Bingo. That's exactly where that's exactly where I mocked him. That's exactly my thoughts. We talked about this a couple weeks ago on the hurdle over there on YouTube. And I and I think that basically to answer your question, Theo, and that is people are souring on him. Why? It's just a weird thing that obviously it happens every single year in the draft processes. We've seen what Keanu Coleman is, which th- is the most important thing, right? He was there's a reason he was one of the top transfers last year going into Florida State from Michigan State. There's a reason we saw what happened on the field this year with Jordan Travis in this offense going undefeated at Florida State. The draft is a flat circle. When we come back to this thing here in April, May, it's going to be right back around to Keon Coleman. They just get bored. They say, "Oh, neighbors, uh, Harrison, uh, Adunze. Oh, they're going up for all these awards. Oh, okay, cool. Where's Coleman? Everyone forgets about Coleman. Guess what? It's going to come right back around. He's going to be there. One hundred and seven. To answer your question, that's exactly where I had him circled. He was my next player off the board. I love it. I sniped Cody already. <laughs> so now it brings me up here with the one hundred and eight. Um, and what I'm going to do here, I can. I could go with someone who popped this year, uh, that but doesn't really have the history, or I can go with the guy who has the talent profile uh, that's having a massive year. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with the guy who has a, something that you can't teach, and that's speed, speed, speed. I'm going to take Xavier Worthy here with the 108. Um, he's already going to he's already getting. 
pretty much the back end around one round two NFL draft capital kind of predicting uh, projecting, I should say. But when the combine comes and he's a burner and he looks real crisp up there and if he can make some big plays, we saw him make a big play, uh, the Big 12 championship, if he can make some plays in the playoffs, um, I think that only elevates his stock. Um, a landing spot that I would love to see him go. We're talking about the Cowboys getting Braylon Allen round two. What about replacing Brandon Cooks with Xavier Worthy, boys? Oh, man, that's uh, something I would love to see. Keep the kid in Texas, baby. So I'm going Worthy here with the 108. Cody, you're up with the 109. I'm going to stay right there at Texas, and I'm going to go Adnai Mitchell. Adnai Mitchell was another one of those transfers last year with Keon Coleman. He was one of the most heralded guys, uh, and he went to Texas, and he continued that dominance. He was a guy, when you talk to George Pickens, when he was leaving uh, Georgia, and he was like the next dude up. The next dude up is Adnai Mitchell. Adnai has caught a touchdown in four consecutive college football playoff games, has won the last two championships, transfers to Texas. Guess what? He's in the college football playoff where he will be playing in a few short weeks. Edna Mitchell is just a bona fide winner. And in a class the year after, right, last year we talked about, you know, Josh Downs, Tank Dell, uh, shit, I can't even think of all the players off my name, but all the dudes that are 165 pounds, 175 pounds in yep. this area, right? This year's class is kind of the opposite. There's a lot of bigger dudes. Roma Dunze, 6'3", 200. Marvin Harrison, 6'4", 210, 205. Keon Coleman, 6'4". Adonai Mitchell, 6'4", 195. Like, there's a lot of big cats in this one, and I think this is another guy that you can kind of comp, I think, a little bit closer to T. Higgins. Again, I love Keon Coleman replacing T. Higgins there in Cincinnati, but I think Adonai Mitchell comps uh, more more comparable to a T Higgins play style with his lower body contortion ability, his, his hand-eye coordination, his ability to just score touchdowns and be open and be available. And, and he does have the big boom uh, capabilities. We saw it against Kansas State earlier this year in a game that they had to win that came down to the wire, went to overtime, guy over, almost went for 150 yards. He can make that big play. And I think the most impressive thing, coupled with the player you just talked about, Xavier Worthy, who's closing in on 1,000 yards this season, is that these cats did it together. And they're both alphas. Not alphas. They're both dogs. Sorry, they're definitely not at both alphas. They're both dogs, <laughs> and I think that they both can uh, work together in offenses with other receivers. So you put an Xavier Worthy, like you said, in Dallas. I think he works well with the CD Lamb. You put an Adnai Mitchell, you know, wherever you want to put him. You want to put him in Cincinnati. You want to put him in uh, wherever. You put him out. I'd put him in New York. Tell you that. Put him with the Giants. Put him like opposite nice. of Jalen Hyatt. It's another speed burner on the opposite side. And Jalen Hyatt, you put Mitchell out there where he can be kind of like that alpha type of a guy. Um, I, I really love Adnai Mitchell going into the NFL. And I think just a couple things that he kind of shows you as a collegiate athlete is switching teams, right? He went from Georgia to Texas, uh, staying competitive, staying dominant, um, things that things that it takes to get to the NFL and, and face new challenges, play with a new quarterback, uh, hand-eye coordinations, finding the end zone, toe tap, like all these like yeah. small things that just check small boxes that matter when it talks about uh, rookie and sophomore uh, success in the NFL. We just I, need I, him to miss the Carolina Panthers at the top of the second round. They're just please keep all please. these receivers away from that. Please. I love your pick of Mitchell. Mitchell would have been my pick, Cody. And I think Mitchell's the kind of guy like every year in Dynasty, you'll see teams that are very close to the championship ending up with like the ability to get a top notch talent at the end of the first round. Mitchell's that kind of guy. Like you could pop the tape in from the Alabama game where like he really, really stood out. Um, the, I think he's a beast. I think that he's the kind of guy that I'm going to end up with a lot of. Um, and he was definitely uh, the one I was excited to take at the 110. But, Cody, you run pure. So I'm going to stick at the wide receiver position. Um, I'm going to take Troy Franklin from uh, Oregon. I think that some people will not like the weight, 
He's six foot three. I think he's legit six three. I think he's probably 185 pounds, though, uh, which is the difference between him and Coleman. I think Coleman's got easy 20 plus, 25 pounds on him. But Troy Franklin was like a big, uh, like, uh, you know, yards per route run guy this year. Um, Really, really efficient receiver for Oregon. And I think that, like, Cody, you've talked about it for, for a while now. Like, last year when we discussed, like, Jordan Addison, like, nobody cares. Nobody cares about the weight anymore. There's so many guys in the NFL right now that are coming into the league and excelling. Uh, with a very light frame. And I think Troy Franklin, um, I wouldn't really worry about the the landing spot with him. I think he's one of those guys that can fit into a number of systems. And I think he's just going to be a very productive fantasy player. Um, I feel like I'm still getting a little ceiling here, but it's it's really, I, I have like a, a very good floor with Franklin. I think he's going to be very productive in the league. That was going to be my pick, Mr. Greminger. So you have now successfully sniped both of us, and we haven't even uh, gotten out of the first round. So now I have to pivot. Um, this player that I'm going to talk about so far, uh, as I've started to dive into some of these fantasy prospects, this guy has had uh, some of the most helium um, out of anybody in on the offense side of the football. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take which the, the tight end that I believe will be the second tight end with round one draft capital, Jatavian Sanders. Jatavian Sanders is a, we talked about the show blue chips. This kid is a blue chipper. This kid was the number one tight end in his high school class. He's having a good season at Texas. He's fourth in the nation in yak. Um, He's got a 1.89 yards per out run. He's popping everywhere. He doesn't drop the ball. He's reliable. Um, And he's just a freak athlete. Um, He's got the size uh, that we similar to a lot of the guys that were taken this year that, uh, have proven can be successful in the NFL. Um, a landing spot that I have been, I cannot avoid is the end of the first with the Miami Dolphins uh, just adding more dynamic athleticism and speed to that offense. Um, even though they haven't historically used tight ends, if they got a guy like Sanders, that would potentially change. Uh, I love Javion Sanders getting him here. Uh, it looks like I got both of my favorite tight ends so far in this round one. Maddie with the bully tight end approach. Uh, I is like. This, is I this like tight end premium? Is this tight end premium? It is no. now because I got two of them. It is now, boys. It's, it's two point tight end premium. Matty just switched it on. It's us. four point tight end premium, boys. Complete fugues. Whatever, yeah, you can take the L. It's it's okay, Theo. You and me are. Com- I, 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 I think it. I think it's a little early, right there. Um, I was. I mean, that I was thinking like two oh four for him. Would we when I'm considering him? I think he's gonna. He's a little bit more. Um, like landing spot, like he, like I, like Brock Bowers. I, I really don't care where he lands. I'll take that back. You know, we don't want to see like a Todd Munkin reunion, <laughs> but um, yeah. you know, like Jatavian Sanders, yeah. he's a beast. But I, I do think that there's a couple of guys here I would have taken over him. Cody, where are you at? Where would you start considering him? Well, I, I first want to say, Theo, you've done a great job tonight, Maddie. I don't know what he's doing, drafting tight ends and and guys that are going to go back to school and guys that weigh 160 pounds. I don't know what he's doing tonight, but there's a reason that you and me are competing for this belt tonight. And I and I just want to say I appreciate you with the kind words and all the stuff across the board. So, Cody, uh, my pick Cody, here Cody, is Cody, going to be Cody, another Cody, guy. Cody, Again, Cody, I have Cody. three guys left. This that are guy still makes up round. rules for these mock drafts. Uh, this guy goes elbow deep in his own ass to pull out rules for this draft. Who said we're building teams with all these picks? I'm acting as if I am a bunch of different managers. As soon as you drafted Bowers, I said it. I think you made a colossal mistake if we're drafting all these as one Because you make these fugazi rules. 
I said it at 102. I didn't say it now. I said it at 102. So you've known how this is drafted. We've drafted 100 drafts together. You know exactly how it rolls. No, it That's doesn't. Why That's not why how your boy has the belt. This is an exercise. This is an exercise for people to see. I don't, I don't what, exercise, who's available here. I don't exercise. I work out. That's so high. 112 here to end round one. Again, like I said, I have four guys still on my sheet right here that I would take in the first round. You guys have skipped over and taken dudes that don't matter. Yeah, they shouldn't be talked about till the 16-17s if you want to get down to the nitty-gritty here. So I'm going to go with potentially the freakiest guy in this class, Xavier Leggett from South Carolina. We saw him break Alshon Jeffries' uh, first four-game record this year at South Carolina with Spencer Rattler in this offense where it was supposed to be Juice Wells taking that step up. It was actually Xavier Leggett, the fifth-year senior. He's going to be um, at the – what the hell is it going to be? The Senior Bowl? I think he's going to be at the Senior Bowl this year, which I'm it's super excited Bowl. to see because he has the potential to be the best receiver there in a loaded class with Devontae Walker, Jacob Cowling, Brendan Rice, a bunch of big dudes, Johnny Wilson. So I think Leggett's going to be a guy that's going to rise through the process, get a lot of helium, and he has a potential just with his pure athleticism, acceleration, 10-yard split, hand-eye coordination, and size, freaky size to jump into the top 35 of the NFL draft, which puts him on the brink of round one in this one QB exercise. Xavier Leggett, the super stud with alpha tendencies. Uh, I think I'm going to take him right here at the 112. So for me right here at the 201, I think this is kind of a wide open pick. I can't take a wide receiver every single pick here, though, guys. And I'm going to go with a running back that I, th- I think I'm starting to come around on a little bit uh, in this class, and that's Blake Corum. I think he's been a mega producer. I think he's going to test well in the 40. Uh, and I think that he's going to end up with draft capital. And there's certain running backs that are like on this board that I like that I don't know if they're going to go on day two. But I think Blake Corum's going to find a way uh, to be drafted on day two. And he's been a machine this year for Michigan. And I think that depending on the landing spot, I think Blake Corum could be very effective as a rookie as well. Makes sense here. This is Blake Corum. He seems like the guy that's going to get all the NFL scouts in love. Mm-hmm. He scores a ton of touchdowns. He plays a national, you know, the, the national televised games. He's going to be in the playoffs. Uh, he, he seems like a, a real gritty guy. Very comparable in his size to Evan Hull, uh, but I think he's going to be more athletic, which is good. And he's going to get potentially be the second running back off the board now with. Uh, if Henderson goes back. So I'm here with the 102, and I am going to take Travion Henderson um, because if he does come out, I do think he is my running back too. He shows the ability to catch the ball, uh, run between tackles. He can kind of do it all. Why I was a little hesitant to take him here at the 202 is this injury history. You hate injury history attached to a running back because we all know how volatile the injuries can be at that position. But the, the talent is too tantalizing here, so the 202 to come away with Brock Bowers and Travion Henderson would have seemed like a pipe dream just a few months ago, so to be able to do it now feels pretty good. Totally redeemed yourself. Totally redeemed yourself. Great value. <laughs> awesome selection here. He did the thing. He did the thing. Took the took the criticism, bounced back. I love the selection here. Um, but I'm going to be that Cody. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be that guy and – um, I know to start the super flex draft, we just did a few weeks ago. I took Caleb, uh, sorry, Jesus Lord. I took Drake may one one um, but for all the things we talked about before the show uh, with the, the, the one QB style, 
And I don't think Drake May is going to be as big of a rusher in the NFL just due to his uh, lanky lower size, lower bottom, lower, Jesus, lower half. I think that Caleb Williams will continue to run the football in the NFL. And I'm going to take Caleb Williams here at the 203, the guy that's projected to be the 101 in the NFL draft. Caleb Williams comes up the board, one quarterback, 203. Not sure you get this value in your rookie drafts come April, come May, but I'm going to take it right here in this one QB exercise. No, I, I like that. I like that. I like that pick, and I, I definitely, I definitely considered him. Uh, for for this pick, I'm gonna go with with Brian Thomas. I'm gonna go back to the wide receiver position. Like it. I'm gonna draft another wide receiver with size. I think this is a guy that is gonna gonna rise up a little bit uh, when we get into the process of evaluating players. I think that a lot of times when you have a teammate as good as Malik Neighbors, I think people like get super excited about that. But we're gonna go back with the LSU pedigree legitimate six foot four i think he's going to be well over 200 pounds um and i like getting him here in this part of the second round no this is good value on brian thomas cody what's your thoughts on thomas because cody uh, i i kind of have a little bit of hesitancy i'm a little nervous about uh putting any faith in thomas so what are your thoughts on brian thomas it's sure. I mean ba- i mean, i haven't done my research on brian thomas yet as far as my evaluations and stuff but from what I've seen this season, I haven't been the most uh, most intrigued. I should say, like he he definitely comes off as a guy of a product of the of the situation that he's in at LSU, playing with uh, studs at wide receiver and in Lacey and the neighbors and and I think that Thomas is going to be fine in the NFL, but it just screams and it, it and it goes like flashing red lights of DJ Chark and Terrace Marshall and John, uh, Jonathan Mingo and just like guys that. Uh, not Jonathan Mingo. Why did I just say Jonathan Mingo? Who's the other big guy that went to uh, uh, LSU that I'm blanking my mind on right now? There's three cats. Um, Russell Gage, Terrace Marshall, DJ Chark, and who's the third one that a couple years ago? Anyway, you get the point. That That's the, the, the red lights that flash off my mind and saying, worry, 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 because the 6'5", 200-pound frame, the frame's a little light for me. I don't know if he comes in at 200. I, I'm just a little worried right now with him. I get, I'm not going to get too much into Brian Thomas because I haven't done my full evaluation on him, um, but it just I just have worries with the frame and the output currently in college. All right, so I'm up my here. Old, my only my only pick that you guys didn't like so far, and and Cody yeah. secretly didn't like my Blake Corum pick either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm up here with the 205. And the receiver position has been pretty picked from the elite talents. There's one guy that I still kind of like, but I'm going to go with Trey Benson. Trey Benson though relies heavily on the draft process for me. Coming into the year, he was uh, my, a clear top four uh, running back for me. I think that was at three or four. It depends on where I had Rocket Sanders. Uh, but Trey Benson, you can look at it two ways. You can look at it like he's going to have extra tread on the tires because he wasn't used. He wasn't ran into the ground at FSU. Or you could look at it like he was just not as good as we thought. He put on a little bit of weight. Maybe it didn't translate. I'm going to choose to bet on the talent. We like how big, how fast, how brooding he is as a runner. Um, he was really, really great in 22. Decent this year in 2023 on a really good team. Uh, but I think that the, the the saving of the tread helps him out here when he gets the NFL. So I'm going to go Trey Benson with the 205. 
and I'm going to sprint up. I'm going to sprint up right now. I'm going to throw my card on the table, and I'm going to give Jaden Daniels uh, the 206 right here. I'm going to take the rushing upside. I'm going to couple it with my uh, Caleb Williams selection just a second ago. I'm going to take both these quarterbacks off the board right ahead of Drake May, something I characteristically wouldn't do in Superflex, but it's one QB here, and I think that what he brings to the table, you saw it all season long, the game against Florida with the dual threat abilities. I just hope he can put on – a little bit of weight, a little bit of weight would be nice because uh, if he can, it's going to bring a different level to what we've seen from Lamar Jackson and potentially a tier higher because of the passing ability. Uh, it's going to it's going to unlock a, it's going to unlock a top eight ability in fantasy football QB in one QB as a rookie. If again, if he can stay healthy for the season long and we don't get nuked with the landing spot, Jaden Daniels, two Oh six. Gosh, that one uh, that one hurt a lot, guys. That I'm getting I'm getting sniped right and left. Uh, the Benson pick, the Daniels pick. This is this is really tough for me. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go like a, a little curveball pick here. I you talked about upside. I'm gonna take the ACL discount and take your guy Jonathan Brooks here, Cody. I think like if I'm in the middle of the second round here, um, I'm gonna be willing to take that injury risk. And I think that if he did not tear his ACL, I think he would have gone easily in the first round Bingo. of the draft we're doing. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jonathan Brooks, and I'm gonna hope he's a hope he's a fast healer. Guys have been healing a lot quicker than they used to, uh, and he looks incredibly explosive in the film that we have this year. Yeah, Jonathan Brooks, uh, Cody. You talked about it when we did our Superflex mock. Uh, he was kind of your sleeper pick at the end. We kind of played a little bit of a a game at the end, taking sleepers at the end of the draft, and you took Jonathan Brooks hoping he'd come back healthy. And, Theo, I think you hit the nail right there square on the head. If he didn't bust his knee, if he was playing in these playoff games, uh, we could see a lot from him uh, throughout the process, and I think he could be uh, potentially even the first running back off the board. So I love that pick. Uh, with the two zero eight, 0 uh, what I'm going to decide to do is, man, what do I do here, boys? What do I do? I'm going to go with Lad McConkey. I'm going to go with Lad McConkey here. He's already getting that early second to mid second NFL draft projection. Fantastic yards per route run. We saw the clips of the, the just leaving guys, just stealing souls, snatching ankles with his route running ability. Uh, but he's got a little bit of size, too. Again, this class is insanely big in terms of the receivers. Even Emeka Ibuka, who feels like the smallest of the bunch, is still 6'1". Uh, so I'm going to take Lad McConkey here with the 208. Now this is, I think, a tough spot. Now I it's think flat, I'm It's flat right now, isn't it, Cody? Now's, yeah, now's kind of where it falls. Um I could triple tap quarterback here and completely box you guys out from adding a quarterback to your teams. Um, but I'm, I'm not, not gonna taking a quarterback. I'm not going to do that. You're not even going to take Drake at all? Damn. I mean, I'm going to run the Wildcat. Time. I'm going to run the Wildcat all day. With who at quarterback? Or Yeah, with who at quarterback? Trey Benson? I'm just, it's going to be a revolving door of uh, you know Wildcat offenses. Gotcha, gotcha. Sounds terrible. Sounds like a losing losing strategy. But hey, yeah. no, but hey, strategy. winning strategy, taking two quarterbacks in a one QB league. Sounds bingo, like a bang I mean, you're nailing it. 
No. I mean, imagine imagine taking Stroud and Young instead of just Young, right? You'd be looking pretty good right now. So, um, well, at least wrong. I, you'd, you'd be batting fifty. You have fifty percent hey, shooting percentage. Hey, 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 hey! I'm not the 2005 Miami Dolphins running Ronnie Brown at the backfield, so that's all right. <laughs> uh, but it is what it is here. Let's go. Uh, 209. So I got two picks left here. Star-studded cast already. Not going to go tight end. Not going to go quarterback. I think there's a couple running backs you can think about right here, but I don't love any of them. So I'm going to go ahead and lean into a receiver that um, I've liked for a few years, but I wish he would have came out two years ago. I I think he's going to come out now. Again, he's going to the Senior Bowl as well, and he's going to profile more as if he should have came out last year because he should have came out last year, and that's Mr. Jacob Cowing. I think he's going to be the the skater this year at the Senior Bowl. He's going to be running routes all around people, running routes around people. Um, And I think that, again, like I said, this class is all massive humans, 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", 200 pounds. Last year's class, all buck 65. Cowing is going to be the one dude in this class that I think elevates himself because of – yeah, but look back. Look back at Addison. Look back at at Dell. Look back at Downs. I think he profiles like a Josh Downs, and I love Jake Jacob Cowling in this class. Good pick. Good pick. Yeah, he's gonna be. He's gonna. I think he has a chance to really make some hay in Mobile. So you're up here, Theo, with your last pick of the night. Yeah. So uh, you know what? I was gonna go with another player, but I think that Drake May here. I think I'm gonna take Drake May here at the at the two ten. I think it makes Proper. sense. It's it's the right way to go. I wanted to go back to the running back well, but it's slightly you know I might end up drafting a guy drafting a guy here where the draft capital is not exactly where I want. I think with Drake May, you're going to get one of the top picks in the draft. He's got an absolute cannon. Depending on the landing spot, Matty Kiwum, you talked about it uh, earlier in the show. Certainly, like these sort of guys like him, he could step right in and be fantasy friendly right away. You might get your long term uh, your long term answer at quarterback. And I would like bet that dynasty managers that end up with Drake May at, in this sort of range, he'll Love. gain value very quickly. Like you could flip this, you know, immediately six games into the season, somebody might be willing to trade you like a second and a third, if even if you're set at the quarterback position, because I think he's going to look like a long-term answer in the NFL. Do you, Theo? Do you do you do you think? When we get there in April and May, do you think that Drake May falling to here is a realistic thing, knowing he's going to go top five in the NFL draft? I think that when it when it settles, I think for single quarterback uh, drafters are going to be more enthusiastic about uh, not only Drake May, but I think Caleb Williams, and I also think that Jaden Daniels are both going to get pushed up. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that people are going to get really excited about the trio of quarterbacks, despite it being a, a one quarterback setting. So I think, yeah, Drake May, I think more realistically, Cody, he's probably going to be like the 205 uh, yep. if he gets to the NFL draft capital, and I'm getting him at the end of the second round. Yep. So my last pick of the night, I am punting uh, in Cody's cockamamie game that he's con- con- you know, conjured up in his head that we're supposedly playing, building these teams. Uh, I'm going to punt here because I want to talk about a particular player. So uh, I think that this guy, after we leave Mobile, Alabama in February – is going to be a name that everybody knows uh, in the draft process, and that's running back Dylan Lobb uh, from the University of New Hampshire up in my neck of the woods. Why would anyone care about a guy who played at New Hampshire? Well, I'm going to tell you why right now. Last year, 2022, the kid had 1,200 rushing yards and uh, over 450 receiving yards. He's a threat in the air, and this year, 
uh, his last year in college. 700 rushing yards, 699 receiving yards. He almost went 700-700. I know the competition is far from the SEC, but the skill set, the versatility, his ability to get into the league immediately, be a third down back, I think is going to get him late draft capital. He's not going to sit here and say he's going to be a third round pick, nothing like that. But I want to put this guy on people's radars because I think this is a guy that's going to get um, pretty unrealistic comps given what he looks like. But 5'10", 210 pounds, he's got enough size to play in the NFL. And they, they're putting him out wide. He's beating cornerbacks. They're keeping him uh, running that you know that Texas route that can be dominant for running backs out of the backfield. So Dylan Lobb out of the University of New Hampshire – uh, no way will he be the 211 in mocks, but I need you guys checking this out to come away with the name because I think this is someone that you will know come May. This All is right. why this is why you need to listen to Blue Chips. Matty Kiwum is looking into his crystal ball and he's talking about FCS running backs that he thinks is gonna think is gonna rise big time. And you know, if you remember guys two two years ago at, at the senior bowl. That's when Christian Watson started his ascent coming from the FCS. So these sort of guys like to be ahead of the, the game. I can't wait to see him, uh, Maddie. And you were talking to me about him this week. Uh, and I know you're super enthusiastic about him. So very cool to see you putting your money where your mouth is and pushing him into the second round here. Yeah, you I think him. a lot. I think I think Lobs a truck. He's got a, he's got a massive neck, and I think that that passes the test. So I think we're going to see him down there uh, get ma- many opportunities. And again, in a class that's been very disappointing to this uh, to this point. Now I'm not going to raise you uh, a D two guy or a D three guy, but I will I will call you an FCS guy. And I'm going to do this just because you wanted to bring up Lob. I think there's another FCS guy that should be in that same conversation. Not going to be at the Senior Bowl. He's going to be at the Shrine Bowl. That's Isaiah Davis, currently playing for the undefeated South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Shout out South Dakota State. Back to back 1,300 yard rushing seasons with 20 plus receptions each of those last two seasons. He's 6'1, 220. And this guy's got elite vision and he's got NFL size. And I think he's going to be a guy that uh, continues to rise through the process, just like Dylan Lobb. I think you're going to get, again, th- this is this type of the, what this tells you right here with Lobb and Davis, uh, even being considered in this area by us, is really the lack of high-end talent at the running back position in this year's class. Again, you can look back. Braylon Allen, 106. Again, he's 19.9, about to be 20 years old. Blake Corum is a senior towards ACL last year. Uh, um, Travion Henderson's a guy that is really disappointed. It was supposed to be the sake one of this class. Really disappointed. Trey Benson didn't take that step forward this year. Jonathan Brooks just tore his ACL. Now we're talking about these guys. Like That's how fast it drops off, but also that's where – um, you can start to see different cats rise up. And there's a bunch of names we haven't even brought up yet that popped this year, popped last year, popped two years ago, may go back to school and things of this nature. So Isaiah Davis is going to be my guy. Uh, he's going to be my FCS cat. Again, 6'1", 220, elite vision. And again, you'll be able to watch him this weekend in the FCS semifinals. So I'm going to go Isaiah Davis to knock us one out. But I, there's a there's still a, a handful of receivers that I love left in this mm-hmm. class. So uh, I'm still excited to just keep on. If, if you need receivers in your dynasty team, I tell you what, there was every year. It's now. Kill yeah, Guys, we got to end the show. This was awesome, by the way. Cody, we really appreciate you coming back on. Uh, it was really, really fun chopping up with you and these two rookie drafts. Uh, we're going to have to do it again, uh, you know, later on in the year. But I want to pick your brain, guys. This is gonna be the last time we're going to get together with Cody um, right here on FutureCast before the bowl games start. 
who is your national title winner and, and give us the give us the playoff winners. Let's start out here with Matty Keenum. Who you got? So I think that Alabama knocks off Michigan in Michigan's perennial one uh, one and done approach to the uh, FBF playoffs. So Alabama moves on. I do think that Washington, although they're very fun to watch, I don't think that they can handle Texas. So I think we get a rematch, Alabama and Texas. And I think it's too tough to beat Nick Saban twice in one year. So I'm going to go roll Bama, roll Tide, baby. I don't give a piss, but anything but Bama, baby. Blitz, Bama, blitz. Guys, let me, let me tell you something. We're going to let Cody close it out here, but it's it's roll tide. It's roll tide season. And I have my son is named Henry. Guess what I bought Henry? I bought him a, a fresh Derrick Henry Alabama throwback jersey so he can rock it. He can rock it for the for these next couple of weeks. Um, and I'm really excited about it. I think this is like guys, I'm not telling you to go out and gamble here. But wanna, <laughs> I want to check out Nick Saban's bowl record, and you want to check out Harbaugh's bowl record. When you give Harbaugh a lot of time to prepare for an opponent, it doesn't usually go well. It doesn't go well. I think this might be woodshed time. I think the Alabama Crimson tied by two touchdowns. I think Texas by 10 points. I'm going to say Texas wins by 10 or 11 over Washington. I think Washington will give like a good go. I think they're going to be very prepared. Just too many dudes on Texas. And I think that the national championship rematch, I'm completely with you. This time, Alabama wins. Alabama wins a very close game by three points over Texas. Alabama is your national champions. I hate that we're all three in line on this because I have Alabama 31-27. We're down before the before the show. And uh, it, it's again, I do a show every single Friday with Alex on Orange Bloods TV on YouTube. And it's it's Texas related, right? And we talk Texas every single week. I feel good about this Washington matchup. I think what Texas brings is a vaunted interior defensive line. Everybody knows that, but they also have to bring a strong offensive line. The only mismatch that happens on this football field this weekend, or I should say in a couple weekends, is those Washington receivers against those Texas DBs that are banged up right now and kind of young. So I do think they take advantage of them. I think that's going to be a high-scoring game, but I do think Texas edges them out. And again, you brought up all the Bama-Michigan stuff, but I do think the rematch culminates with Jalen Milrow hoisting the trophy and then them coming back next year again with Bill Belichick as an advisor to Nick Saban, Jalen Milrow wins the <laughs> wins the Heisman next year, and Alabama repeats, and they back to back championships for Alabama and the Crimson Tide. Roll damn tide, oh, baby! Roll, roll damn roll tide! Damn tide! Love it, love it. And that's today's show, Futurecast. Cody, floor is yours. Let everybody know where they can find you if they're not already rocking with you. I appreciate you guys having me on as always. And you know, we're about to run this thing back a few times between here and there. So I look forward to seeing you guys at the senior bowl. You can find all my stuff, patreon.com forward slash executives, all my rankings, all my writing, all my shows, all my, everything will be over there on Patreon as well as a multitude of scores and, and just a bunch of stuff that me and Maddie Kewam do. Uh, so also find it over at rosterwatch.com will be my mock drafts, my rookie write-ups and all of my other, uh, you know, free rankings and stuff along those lines over at rosterwatch.com, but also just check in every single Tuesday and Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time uh, forever going forward is uh, on the executives of fantasy football, the hurdle on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights. So I appreciate both of you guys. And it's always good chopping it up. The, the time just absolutely flies by with you guys. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Crazy. It's always awesome. And definitely check out dynasty life and my dynasty podcast. Find me on first class fantasy with Billy Muzio Find me on press coverage. I'm everywhere. I'm, I'm all over the place. And uh, again, Blue Chips, Matty Kiwum, look for all the announcements. We're going to we're gonna get that out there. Matty Kiwum's going to blow up this year. 
Blue Chips is going to be fire. I cannot wait to hear Maddie's thoughts. Um, I, I, I listen. I'll listen to Maddie reading the phone book. So I'm gonna really <laughs> excited. I'm really excited to hear Maddie with Blue Chips. Super, super excited about that show, Maddie. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, you could. You, anything else? Uh, player profile that I do game plan trade gods. Obviously, the future cast keep rocking with us. Cody mentioned the Patreon, the executives of fantasy football, but I'll reiterate it. Go over to patreon.com forward slash execs executives. Go to the executives of fantasy football YouTube channel. Check it out. We've got two shows every single week, and then a bonus show on the weekends where we watch along with you boys. But that was the future cast uh, for Theo Greminger. I'm Matty Kiwum. Thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Cody Carpentier. We'll see you next time. Peace. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.